This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This podcast is brought to you by Tethered. Now with deer seasons winding down, it is a great time to take the plunge into saddle hunting, especially if you've been considering it. Maybe you've just wanted to try out the gear before you made a purchase. So with that, our friends at Tethered are always coming up with ways to help saddle hunters. And this year, they're doing the Tethered Teach and Train Tour, and it's hitting 20 different cities. And the session is 100% free to attend, where you'll be able to try out all their gear. So here's what's happening or what is also included in the event. There's a free lunch or dinner, depending on the time of the event. All their saddle hunting gear will be in one place, so you can test absolutely everything that they have. And then there's going to be lots of giveaways and freebies. There's event-only pricing and discounts on tethered gear. And then there's insider access on some gear, so you'll get a sneak peek as to some of the things that are yet to be uh, to be released. And then there'll also, of course, be saddle hunting experts there available to answer any of your questions while you're hanging and trying out the different gear. So head over to tetherednation.com and check out the Teach and Train Tour page to see the list of cities and dates. Uh, I'm planning to be at the event on May 28th through the 31st at the Seven Springs Tax Shoot. So I hope to see you all there. The first thing I do in the morning before a hunt, before a scout, or just before getting ready for work is have my morning coffee. And I'm sure most of you out there listening are the same. Make sure you're filling your mug with Skull Brew Coffee as it is the only coffee company that is both 2% for conservation certified and donates 10% of its profits to conservation organizations to help secure the future of our wild places. So head to SkullBrewCoffee.com and choose between three killer roasts of coffee and know that you are supporting conservation with every sip. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 161. Today I'm joined again by my buddy Johnny Stewart for part two of our conversation, and we're talking late season, big woods, and DIY travel hunts. So stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Hope you all are feeling well. Hope you are feeling fine. We're back to the, it's hump day, making it partway through the week. Hopefully this podcast helps you get through the the middle of the week. It's a, it's a little bit of a sad week, man. This is the last week of hunting season for me. 
Uh, it'll finally come to a close here this next weekend uh, here in Pennsylvania for me. I did manage to get out this past weekend. I was pretty stoked because this we've not had great late season weather um, so far this late season in PA, or at least that from what I can recall and from the days that I actually had available to go hunt. Uh, so this past weekend, I was pretty stoked because we were getting some weather that was moving in. It was going to get a little bit snowy, a little bit nasty, a um, little bit cold, nice temp drop. And uh, I was thinking, you know, from the previous hunts that I did, you know, the parking or the parking lots, but the the, the public lands were kind of, you know, lots of folks were were, were headed out because the weather was conducive to people getting out, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't crappy, it wasn't super cold. And so I was kind of stoked for this weekend just because I figured the nasty weather would probably keep most people indoors or at least off the off the pieces that I was I was hunting. And uh, excuse me, the sure enough. That's exactly what, what happened. So I went into this piece where I knew that there was like a decent food source. Um, and you know, it's, it's snowing, it's blowing. I got into the tree, there was nobody there. And, uh, man, I had a good feeling about the sit. I was like, I think this is going to work out really well. Um, and, uh, you know, the snow quickly turned from snow to sleet and then it turned from sleet to freezing rain and the hunt, I basically just got soaked, uh, cold. And then I'm not sure if it, if you're following me on social, but I ended up having a, a slip, uh, fall, smash my, smash my knee, land on my sticks, um, and busted myself up a little bit, which was, <laughs> which was not great. Uh, not a great way. I'm hoping to redeem myself this coming weekend. Cause that's not the way I envisioned, uh, the, the season ending, ending for me. It was just one of those things, you know, it was, I was out of the tree. I was walking back to the truck, uh, you know, not, wasn't like, I wasn't able to see how to light and stuff like that, but I was walking along the edge of the swamp and I couldn't see where, you know, where like the swamp edge water kind of ended and, and where it, um, you know, where, where it was like firm ground. Cause it had snowed at this point a couple inches. And so I'm, I'm walking along and I just made a step and I hit a, a piece of ice and fell. My knee smashed through the ice, you know, the leg goes into the drink and, you know, got wet. And then of course, when I fell, I carry my sticks on my back and, uh, the sticks kind of flipped around. And when I fell, I landed on the double step. It's, you know, gave me a nice stab in the ribs. So that was just a great way to end the hunt. You know, it was one of those things where it was like it was so cold out that I wasn't sure what I hurt. So I just jumped up real quick before any any pain could set in and just started started moving toward the truck. So I was like, you know, once I get to the truck, it can hurt all at once because then I'm I'm good. I just don't want to have to be stuck out here and hobbling my hobbling my crippled my crippled butt back to the back to the truck. So all all's well that ends well. Uh, you know, not too too terrible, a little sore, but you know, uh, no more worse for for uh, for wear at this point. But, uh, you know, today's episode is, uh, is actually a part number two, uh, that I did with Johnny Stewart. We released the, the last one, um, last week and where we kind of talked, you know, more specifically just about public land hunting and, you know, a little bit of big woods. Uh, today's episode, what we're really kind of diving into is more, more late season. And, you know, Johnny at the, uh, usually always takes a, makes a trip out to Iowa, uh, during late season as well. And so we talk a little bit about, about late season, a little bit about DIY hunting. So this is a carryover conversation from our previous podcast. But before we jump into that, I do want to make, uh, do a quick be, uh, piece of housekeeping here real quick. So the Pennsylvania chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers uh, are going to be at the Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg from February 1st through the 9th. So be sure to visit their booth and learn what they're all about. They'll have some membership specials and prizes that they'll be given out throughout the week. So if you've not signed up for BHA, this would be a great time to do it. If you've not renewed 
your membership for this year, this would also be a great time to do that as well. So uh, they're also doing a backcountry bash at the Appalachian Brewing Company in Harrisburg on Friday, February the 7th, and this gig starts at 6 p.m. So if you've never been to a BHA event, uh, they're super rad. It's a great opportunity to go have some drinks, talk to some like-minded folks from a bunch of different places, meet some new people, hell, maybe meet some, run into some people that you just haven't seen in a while and, and, uh, and trade some stories. But these are always really cool and really awesome events to go to. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you're not following the, the uh, Pennsylvania chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, be sure to do that. Give them a follow on both Instagram and Facebook. This is a great place to learn about what they're doing on our behalf here in Pennsylvania. So with that, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and we'll jump into part number two with Johnny Stewart. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you, man. You know, t- talking about lead season, knowing that you're headed out to out to Iowa. You know what a like. How do you approach hunting late season, right? Because I mean, you know, for me, you know, hunting public during late season, it's like I really don't have access in most cases to like a significant food source that's like an, an ag field or anything like that. You know, and, and so I'm really relying on like some type of secondary mass crop, like whether it's, you know, red oaks that you're still laying around or something in some, you know, high stem count shit that where they still have enough browse where they can get plenty of food, you know, in, inside the timber or whatever the case might be. You know, how do you approach hunting, hunting late season? You know, because, of course, during the rut, we're looking at, you know, find the does, right? Hunt does, you'll find bucks, you know, if, if, if you don't have yeah. a, any other approach or you're hunting hot sign, like you're finding scrapes and rubs and primary scrape areas and stuff like that. But when it comes to late season, right, it's like that those things kind of become somewhat deprioritized. Right. And so what are the things that you're looking for, for a late season to try to get on, to try to get on a good buck? Well, again, I want to say that, uh, where, you know, and deer live and habit, like I get talked about, okay, I got to look for food and cover it. Um, which is the main thing, but deer and habit, Oh, so many different regions and, you know, like environments in in the country. So it's, you know, you got to know, like, I'm going to talk about what, where, you know, what I look for and, but, but where I hunt too, I'm not going right. to, you know, I'm going to tell, tell you what to do here. And you live in uh, Texas and you're like, ah, you know, that ain't going to work for you. Right. You know, but like if you're, if you're in the Midwest, maybe acorns uh, for mast, um, you know, like you said, ag, yeah, definitely. And, and like you see on TV, they come out to the corn. I mean, that's, that's a definite, and friends of mine have some private land. And the first time I witnessed it, I was like, I mean, these bucks, like on TV, 140, 150, like zombies. I, it's like, they're addicted to corn. That's like, it's like, back. I'm like, what? It's cold for like yeah, four or five days. They'll come around. We're sitting there and they just come walking out. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, <laughs> they are addicted to that corn like it's an addiction they have to have it there so anyways but yeah out that way and hunting public land out that way um the everybody i feel wants that rut wants that rut hunt that and which is good but um a lot of you just got to know that a deer exists that you want to hunt whether it's 120 or 150 first of all Mm -hmm. and then so like that's when I went out to Iowa for cameras, you know, but, um, food is number one. And if it's public land, they might be out. First thing I check and see if there's acorns in a timber mm-hmm. cause they'll stay in the acorns. Um, and on public land, they might not go out to that, that corn or, or beans. Um, you might have to catch them up in the timber. 
Um, and so, and, or you might catch it and have to be in a timber before, um, dark, like up in the woods, which, you know, like people on TV, it's not, it's like we said, the edge of the cornfield and that's good, but, uh, public land. No, you might have to get up in the timber, but, right. um, and I started hunting even, you, you gotta be the deer. you like, I started hunting mornings, like, um, people would always hunt the evenings in Iowa and Illinois, you know, ah, we don't hunt mornings. What? what do you mean? Because I would try to set up, in some of them places I hunt in Iowa, this year the HD hit, and when I went out there to put cameras up, they, there was like no deer there. Hmm. But in the past, I mean, like, the timbers, the deer are just strung out through all them fingers and points. They're just all scattered. And you go in the, if you go up in the timber, it's like, there they go. They're done. Game over. Right. You know, so I started hunting before daylight. I'd get up in the timber and I'd catch them coming. I've, I've, I've walked up on does bedded before daylight <laughs> and they kind of like look at me in a place where, uh, I would see 20, 30 deer. There was tons of deer, but you couldn't hunt cause you just, and then you push the does and then it goes going to private and then the, the bucks like, okay, don't go that. So you ain't never going to see a buck. So your hunt's over, but you know, that's one thing I started doing in Iowa. Um, and, and you don't have to, if I said, man, and I got cameras, I'll check on cameras. I might hunt. Um, but that, that's another thing. The weather, um, well, the weather is a, a big issue too. They might, but yeah, I, I, I started hunting to where I'd catch them coming in the timber, you know, in the morning, maybe right. shoot it in, in their demeanor. If they go out to the field, they're looking up in trees under logs and you're like, Oh shit, man. <laughs> You know, they're out looking for someone up in the tree. Like, oh my goodness! Right. And you get up in the woods, and they come in from eat corn all night. They walk right by you. They even they don't even bat an eye. <laughs> they're all corn drunk. Yeah, they are, and they just come in and they walk right by you. Take your pick. I shot mine like that last year. I was sick, and I, I, I was real sick. I was only out there for a few days, and I got up in the tree for daylight. Here he come up over the hill, and I shot him. But um, like even Ohio, like. If you can find a good mass, another place I hunt in Ohio this year is a good mass. And that's another thing with acorns. It's hit or miss mm-hmm. in the places I hunt. Um, sometimes it'll be down on the lower elevations. Sometimes it's another 300 feet up on the top. Um, that's another thing with acorns. Sometimes when people say, oh, I have my buddy. said, oh, there's acorns all over. I go up there, I bite into them. They're all rotted. Bugs are in. They're, they're no good. The deer won't eat them. Right. You know, I said, no, that. They're they're no good. You got to make sure there's food there. Right. Um, a place I'm hunting in Ohio um, this year. I'm excited to get down there. Um, I hunted a few days, right? But the acorns. I was down there in November. I don't know, 14, 15. It was like acorn. I mean, rain. Right? We're coming down, and it's been a while since it was like that. And I'm like, I left cameras there, and I'm like, the the uh, pretty rugged mountains, mm-hmm. but um, the the hunting pressure dies off. And actually, the hunters, there was actually stands. There was a guy coughing. No, he's blowing a grunt call for 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, he blew he was 100 yards. From, rah, rah, rah. Like, oh, my goodness. And then 10 minutes, he was like, But anyways, so they're in there. And I'm like, you know, and I don't get pissed. I'm like, okay, they're here. And I, so I left. And there's another stander. So basically, they're in there. So they're keeping the deer out of there, being in there. So. The mast is still laying on the ground, so come December, November, uh, January, guess where the deer are going to be? Right. And I just found two. Last week, I found a pile of cards, and I didn't even know what was on them. 
from years ago. There was like 12 of them and I read them and, and I, I just found a card last week. It was from two years ago and I had like 250 inches on a camera in that time of year. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it was no, it was January 18th, um, 2017. And at first I didn't know where it was. And then I said, I, said, I know. So, but, um, uh, the deer will move back into a hard hunted area once all the hunters move out because the food's still there. And I kind of like that. And I let mm. go, you guys fuck it up, put your scent and them guys are smoking. And I'm like, okay, good. I'll be back in January and you guys won't be here. No one will be here, but me, you know? Right. So That's if you got a good math, yeah. And, and like, if there's like pockets of acorn, whether it's down low, but you got to, I mean, don't just see an acorn. So I'm like, but oh, acorns everywhere. And then I remember the one year there were so few packed pockets of acorns. Um, the last spot, the longest road, it was, um, that's where the acorn, and that was the last spot they were eating. I said, well, come down January. That's where I need to hunt. And I went, I got down there one evening in January, went right down the road. There was like 10, 12, there ain't, there ain't many deer. There was like 10 or 12 deer right along the road. I'm like, you well, they must have ate all the acorns up in the woods. And this is the last, last place for them to go. You know, mm -hmm. um, definitely if you, and it's, it might go in that area down there, there's years that there are no acorns. So I won't even go down there late season right? because, and, and that's in Ohio that people feed them and they put corn out behind their house. So the deer, but if there's acorns up in the, and it's like, like this year, I, I got a couple areas down there that got good acorns. So I'm like looking forward to it, you know, right. um, in Iowa, there's, they're just more mature bucks in Iowa than there are. So I know with my cameras and the one spot was a good acorn spot. I put cameras when I was out there two weeks ago and the other ones, they're, they're just more deer there and kind of, uh, same thing. You want to know where there's some cover and kind of, uh, catch them heading toward that or coming in from the fields at night or heading back out. And I've been every day, I've been watching the weather and I, we're going to hunt and it's going to be warm out there. I'm like, Man. Yeah, I was just gonna. Ask, should, I was just gonna ask yeah, you, like, what what are you looking for, like, late season, you know, for for weather patterns? Like, what are you what are you keying in on? You know, if you get, you know, the best time, um, a guy used to track deer. Come to the best time to be out tracking a deer for deer movement is a windy, snowy, just there up and trees cracking, frozen. Everybody up walking, hiking all over. Mm -hmm. At Iowa, one I seen. 13 buck in one day i probably Jeez. hiked four or five miles wow. you know but they're just and they're just moving and even here in pa or maine or wherever you get you get that storm and that wind and snow they're on a the hoof they're moving i don't know why but they're moving but if, if we got like four or five days of cold cold weather and snow you know they kind of freak out they have to eat to stay warm and you know when i go to iowa i want like i've been looking at weather it's supposed to be like 40 30 i'm like ah this sucks Right. Sucks because yeah. I, I I really you know, I love the snow, but right. there's usually always snow there. Right. So I want that cold snowy weather, and then again, I'll I'll and I'm like I'm thinking in my head, okay, I want to get to Iowa. I got 12 cameras. I might check them at night. You know, if you're like you crazy, you know what's yeah, it's the best time to check my cameras. I go and never hang a stand at nighttime, but I'm thinking, or you know, it's muzzle loader. I'm going to try to bow hunt this year, but I'm allowed to use my bow with my muzzle loader tag. But uh, right. Yeah, I want to go in and. Take my, I'll take my muzzle loader in, but I don't know, you know, I want to, then if snow's down, you can see tracks. That's like right there. It's like black and white. Okay. Here's where they're, here's where they're coming out at night. Right. So I love the snow and, that, and then, um, 
like browse deer, like uh, northern PA where I hunt. Um, they kind of they'll move a little more because it's browse, but you know, like hemlocks, got to be down maybe some pines. Got to have some cover. Got to right. be out of the wind. Yeah. Um, there's certain pockets of areas that now that I've been hunting up there for half a dozen years, just I can go to a place in January. Uh, I got maybe four or five spots in mind that I know there's going to be mature bucks, maybe ganged up or living there. Right. I don't know whatever for a reason. They're out of the wind or some hemlocks, and because the browse is pretty much everywhere. Um, the one deer I was hunting two years ago, uh, he was living right along the road, and he'd go back in the woods. They're just vast, and, and uh, you know, come winter after all the hunters been through there, I said, "Oh, they probably killed me." He's living right along this road, or he parks here, but hunts here. I went back in winter. And there's his tracks, and he was the biggest deer in there. I could tell by the size of the track. He was living right along the road, and he'd go back in the woods. <laughs> and I couldn't, I liked tracking. I couldn't track him because the conditions weren't good. But definitely, like when I go up north, I'll, uh, if there's a fresh snow, I like to wait a day. I'll, I'll drive the roads and I'll get out and I'll just look alongside the roads for a track, find a track, you know, and kind of see where he heads. Um, maybe you can kind of, but, but now it goes back to having experience, and I got a couple little, Places down out of the wind, definitely down out of the wind, uh, cover, some browse. Uh, I got a couple places in mind that I know bucks are going to gravitate to that area right. and, 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 and hang out there. But definitely food is an issue, but uh, they'll, you know, the hunting pressure is low and that, that's why I like it. Right. Um, yeah. Because you don't got much competition. Well, that and it's so. like for drawing an Iowa tag that time of year, it's is it's easier to draw that tag, isn't it, than it is for the for uh, what's that? Yep, I yeah. This is my third year. I've been going. This is my third year in a row to go to Iowa late. Late season. Right. I got three years in a row, and it's like uh, you know I shouldn't even tell anybody. So like that's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy, he's like, this year, he's like, I'm going this year. My fourth year, I get my point, and he calls me and like July. He's like, I didn't get thrown. I was like, Are you kidding me? You're going five years. Said, You're out of your mind, you know? Right, right. So yeah. She's got late season because I have a chance to 140, 150 inch deer in late season out there. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like, but uh, I might have, I know, might have to not, adopt that. I might have to adopt that philosophy. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll put it in and you won't get drawn for two years. I know, right? <laughs> and I'll be calling you, be like, What the hell, man? <laughs> Um, so dude, I got another question for you, man. The, uh, one of the things, and there's a big, so next year I'll be going back to Ohio with my buddy, Chad. We hunt a big piece of public down there. It's like 50, 60,000 ish acres, rugged country. Um, yeah. one of the things I've struggled with in the past a little bit, and I love going to this spot because it just kicks my ass and I like a challenge and it beat me the last time. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm determined to go back and beat it this time, but you know, it's big, it's big woods, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of ag around, even on the fringes of the, of the public, there's not really much ag around. Um, you know, you know, whenever you're in those big wood settings like that and you're, and you're looking at like general travel patterns for, for a buck, right. You know, they have so much ground to cover that they can cover in anywhere that they could possibly go. And a lot of these places are old clear cuts and it's just places that aren't clear cuts are still nasty thick with just, you know, green briar and shit everywhere. You know, how do you in those situations narrow down where these deer are going to travel, where they're going to move, or how often they're going to make a loop if it's pre-rut or rut 
you know, how often they're going to come through, like, doe bedding areas and stuff like that. Like, how do you kind of make a game plan for the big woods setting or mountain buck setting when they have, like, no defined, it doesn't seem like there's defined lines of travel and they have just, like, anywhere they could go? Yeah, that's that's a tough when you get into them rugged areas because uh, it's mainly open woods. So, yeah, saddle or somewhere where you can catch them, but um, hopefully you can find a, a rub in that area. Uh, but then does, too, I think as a big thing, know where the does are because that's where he's going to gravitate to. Right. You know, and then sometimes if there ain't a lot of does, there's not a lot of deer. And if you pop a doe, spook a doe, it's maybe a place you can hunt every day. Maybe you're on top of the mountain and the wind's blowing out, you know, or something. Well, then, hey, I ain't worried. Maybe you spook a, spook a doe every time you go in there. But that buck knows in the back of his head that's, that's where them does live. But, um, and I, I, uh, I've hunted, like, I have some rugged areas in Ohio and I still do, but, um, Sometimes I'll skip out of Ohio if there's no mast hmm. in them areas. I won't even go because I'm not wasting all my time because there's no food up there. The I got one camera right now. It's a cell camera. I put it up on a mountain every year because I got service up there. Mm-hmm. And I just had a, maybe 130, 140 inch deer on it the other day. But I had another buck, and it's been there since October. I had two doe and another you know, 130 come through during a run. I'm like, I ain't going up there. I mean, there's nothing up there. There's no food up there. There's, you, you want to find shit. You want to find where they're pawing the ground, eating the acorns. Um, but cause sometimes in Ohio, like I said, they'll, uh, they'll move. If, uh, there's no, if they, there's nothing there for them to sustain their life. They'll go with people being allowed to bait in Ohio. They'll, they'll go to the, they'll just, so yeah, sometimes I'll, um, Cause I got a place in, in, in Ohio, a hunting camp and I go and I, and I, uh, there's years I won't hunt there hmm. because it's just the none this year. I got that camera way up on a mountain, mm-hmm. but down lows where the acorns are. And it, like, it was there November 10th. It was raining. I'm like, man, I can't wait till January. Right. I thought about going out. I got in as another thing. I'd gun, I, I find these deer on these public lands. I'd bow hunt them and I'm like, Oh, okay. I can't wait to get the gun out of my hand. I'm going to walk and shoot. and hunt. I'm going to kill one. You can't find them. It's like, <laughs> they know, they know when that hunting season is because the kind of the rut, you know, drops off a little bit so they're recovering from the rut. And then the guys are in the woods and it's like, I've hunted hard with a gun. Right. And it seems like, uh, I, I don't know if you haven't shot a good buck really a uh, couple, you know, seems like bow hunting, but, uh, I learned, but people, ah, I, I shoot my deer, buddy, I shoot my deer and bow so I don't have to go gun hunting. I'm like, you're missing out on scouting. I mean, right. learning more being that way, whether you shoot them or not. But, um, yeah, in Ohio, um, yeah, if, 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 if you don't see enough deer shit, you don't see enough scrapes, mm-hmm. you know, and there ain't many trails, you, the leaves, you know, see if they're broke down, see if the deer are walking. Maybe after a rain or something, um, there's got to be a, a certain amount of deer for, for you to hunt there. I mean, I've hunted in the southern West Virginia counties. Um, it's been years since I've been down there, and the deer numbers are low. But you still you want to f- at least find some shit, some you know maybe there's mass where they're feeding, or if not, you got to find a browse somewhere. Maybe there's a clear cut, and, and gravitate that. But yeah, if, if you just if your odds are low, especially if you don't have the time, um, 
like there was years where I hunt in Ohio. It was like maybe two or three years. There were no acorns. I didn't, so I didn't hunt there. I didn't even go there. My, my buddies went hunting down our camp and I'm like, ah, we ain't seen. I was like, yeah, there ain't no deer. I ain't going down there. You know? Right. right. There are other places uh, like you could travel maybe half hour and get into some, you know, and every, and it's like the mass grabs different every year. Mm-hmm. So it's like every year, like I'll go up the road down in Ohio and it's like, oh, that, that white oak's loaded. Right. But then you go up in the woods, there ain't nothing on that white oak. Oh, and it's just, I've, I've learned down in that area, it is spotty and you got to find them little hot spots, you know, and, mm-hmm. and she, it's just, and then sometimes the acorns will run out and sometimes I get judged by my camera with a deer. If I get a big, big, uh, black oak or something that's dropping or whatever, you put your camera out and maybe they walk by or you right. put two or three can and it's like, that means there ain't much food left because you can't see all the acorns with the leaves. You know, you can see where they're, they're feeding on them, but you know, try to find an area where there's, there's mass, but yes, don't waste your time. If there's not enough animals, like yeah. if you go down like October and there's acorns raining, be like, ah, there's too many acorns. It's going to be too easy. You know, there's, no, I like seeing a lot of acorns. That means there'll be deer living up in there, but yeah, especially with Ohio, cause we can bait them, you know, on yeah. private land. That's what they're going to be. Yeah. So I mean, the, the one good thing about this piece is that to your point, it's, it's so big that, you know, if, if there's not acorns in, in this part, you can drive 30 minutes and you're still on that public. You know what I mean? There can be acorns over on, on this side. So that's the one kind of saving grace of that place, just being just its sheer size is that you'll, you know, you should find, you should find some type of food somewhere, you know, in the, in the, in the fall. Now the deer numbers there are low, you know what I mean? Like that is the one mm-hmm. thing, like you kind of walk into it knowing that there's just not a lot of deer there. Um, but you know, my, my buddy that I'm going with, like he had a, he was at full draw on a conservatively, he says like 185 might've been pushing 200, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a giant. And those are, you know, we have a couple of those on camera in that area that are between, you know, anywhere from 160 to that one, which is, you know, 185, 190. Um, you know, and there, there's been other deer that we've had on camera there too, that, he, that, that, that he or another friend of ours have had encounters with. So it's a good spot. You're not going to see a lot of deer, but you'll see a magnum if you do, you know, which is kind of the, which, which is the allure, right? It's like, that's what kind of keeps you going back is because like you might see that hammer. Yeah. Just knowing he's there and then sometimes, and I've learned like, uh, getting up in that rugged stuff, it might be more of a scout slash hunt and maybe, uh, take your bow for, cause sometimes you get way up on the mountains. They're not used to seeing people. You can kind of, you know, you could see a long ways, maybe sit on the ground for a little bit, mm-hmm. but no, another thing, no, that where you're hunting is good. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause it was good there last year. Doesn't mean it's good this year. Right. Find some sign that you can gravitate to, you know, and then, then big woods. And yeah, you could drive 30 minutes. So like last year, I got a good story here. Last year, I, I went 30 minutes from my place. Cause, and it was more of a little more, um, it was a public land. It had a little more rolling hills. It wasn't as steep and the acorns were loaded. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, and that's what I did. I didn't have a lot of time to bow hunt last year. So I still got my tag, but I went 30 minutes North. And I remember the first, uh, first day I got down there, it was, um, pouring down rain. And I told my buddy, I said, I'm, I'm not going out tomorrow morning. I've been working hard. I said, I just, I'm not ready to get soaked or get geared. I, I'm not even sure where I want to hunt. Right. I wasn't where I want to be. So I said, let's go up to that 
public land and just maybe drive the roads. Maybe we'll see one cross, you know, it's a formal scout and just seeing what's going on and yep. scout a little bit. So we went up there before daylight. It was just breaking daylight and I, and we're going up the road. He was driving. I looked on his side and coming out of the public land is this monster. He had to been 175 inch hmm. monster. I said, Holy shit. So we turn around, come back. He's gone. So I went in there. So I said, okay, I know where I'm hunting. And it was already November 15th. And I said, I know I didn't have a lot of days of bow hunt. So I, I put cameras out in there, come back gun season, nothing. Check my cameras, nothing. That's another thing going back to it. There was, if I didn't see this deer, because they're not, it's hunted hard. If I didn't see this deer with my own eyes, I wouldn't believe that he lived there. You walk in there, there's no sign of a, a big deer. There's no scrapes, there's no rubs. It's like, I wouldn't even hunt here. But I seen this big monster cross, and then I put camera. So it's like some of them bucks get to that age. They survived on that hard-hunted public land. I, they live in like what I call scenes. Like, uh, they're like satellite. They're like other. They're not even normal deer because to make it, they, I mean, they, and they almost get it down to pat to where they're like cocky. They just, you know, and where I found them traveling, well, anyways, I didn't get no pictures of them last year. And this year I went down on November, same time, 14th. I got down there 13th. I said, and I was hunting around my camp because the acorns were good, but that guy was smoking, blowing his grunt cost, and I got to get out of here. So I, I went up to this piece of public land and I walked in there. I found a shed from last year laying in there. Hmm. And he was a, Typical 175 with a drop on his left side and kickers. His drop was six inches long. Those are huge, right? Wow. He's yeah. probably 180, 190 inch. Wow. But it's like, okay, this deer exists. This is the deer I saw across the road. But like on his antler, there are no, he hardly rubbed anything. And he don't have to. Right. And then yeah. any other deer looked at him, he's like, oh, man. And then he knows that, you know, over the years, he's the only one left. So he has to live like, like where he was running this kind of like a, a fence row and, and it was like private land and public land that met and like the public land people didn't go all the way over to the fence row because it's private right there in a private he, so there's like a scene where he knows he could travel here you know That's what i mean and there's no rubs and it's just like he's like other like and i was like i, I just this is and i was and that's another thing it sucks it was i was on the edge of the public land it wasn't like i like like it's, I can't go across the fence and go see. I, I know he probably lives a lot on private land, but I can't. That's what sucks. Like you said, like having that big public land, I can go and go and find his home range and learn him. But now I'm just kind of at the mercy of like, um, so I did hunt there. I put cameras. I've seen like 120 and I think someone else was hunting there kind of screwed it up. Um, but, uh, and that's another thing. I was like, uh, I was going to go down and gun hunting, but I'm like, man, this place is hunting so hard and the weather's warm. I said, they ain't killing him. He's surviving. Where he's surviving, I don't know. But he's, I'd say he's still alive. And then uh, I said, I can't wait till late season. I got half a dozen cameras down there running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all public. And some might steal them, but I, I don't know. What are you going to do? I need to know where Spears at. But, yeah. Um, so that's a good thing about um, Ohio. You can hunt till February. I've yeah. shot deer down there, I think, I think the last day. And I, but the dragon, their horns fell off, you know, um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but that's, that's when, and, and when I, I hunted the 15, 16, I said, and the full moon was out and I was like, man, I didn't have them on my cameras. I was I went back the following week. I don't have them on cameras. I think someone else was hunting there. And I said, you know what? And the rut was dying. I said, I'm done till about 
you know, muzzleloaders January 7th. So I said, I'm done till about the second week of January. I'm like, I mean, oh, I drove down there to the gun hunt. I left my house the day after Thanksgiving to go down there and gun hunt. I drove about four and a half hours to get down there. I checked my cameras. He wasn't on the cameras. I turned around and drove home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll have to come back in January, maybe, maybe then, because this shed was there, right? That tells right. you. Um, and nobody will be in the woods, but gun season and that. So um, then big bucks know when the um, when the hunting pressure is over, and they don't. That's probably why his horn was there, is because definitely no one's there in January. Right. Um, but food is a is a big thing. You gotta. So I gotta go down there and find. Like I get back from Iowa, I'm gonna stop down there and. See if I see if I got him on them cameras. See if he's uh, who knows. But um, it was that's why I like what you were saying about. I never thought of it about seams though. Like we're we're private, and because you're right. I mean, it's you know people that are hunting the public will avoid that private line because they don't want to hunt over there like close to the private. Because you know yeah. part of the reason is like you don't want to shoot something close to that private line and then have to try to go get permission to mm-hmm. go retrieve it if it crosses the line or whatever. So you just a lot of people will just avoid that area just in general to avoid that whole possible scenario. And then on the opposite side of the fence, you know, the people who own the private stay away from the public land because they think the public land sucks and they don't want to hunt next to it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just like there's this weird like gap that, that occurs where it's like a no man's land. And I never really thought of it, but you're right. You know what I mean? It's like, that's an area where deer can probably get comfortable. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Yeah, like a deer like that, like I said, even here in Southwest PA, I shot a deer maybe, I don't know, six years ago, and it was like uh, maybe 160. And I shot him January 18th, 20th, I don't know. but uh, And he lived there, and it was rifle hunting. I mean, a bit, the rest of the deer in the area were 100-inch and less, you know, mainly yearlings, and there was this 160-inch because he got it down to a science. And, he didn't live how the other deer lived. And it's every once in a while I run into a deer like that. He's just other. He's like a satellite. He just kind of m- moves through the woods where he knows no humans are or where no one's going to look. There's no trails. Hmm. You know, it's just like that's how they learn to live, hmm. to survive. And I know where this deer lived. He just kind of, I know where he bedded on this one hillside, you know. And another thing that helped me there is there was a big snowstorm coming in. And I shot him with my bow, um, and he was, he was, I knew where he traveled before dark, you know, and, the, and that's the first year that I think PA actually extended their late season into like the 23rd or 24th or something where I lived in, in 2B. Otherwise, it was like the 10th or 12th. So right. the year before, my you know, people were seeing him in January. He was bigger the year before. Um, they were seeing all that big bucks there. And then, and that's another thing. I, I People don't, a lot of people around here don't want to tell me, John's going to go shoot it. <laughs> it's like, I tell people where to go. And then I ask them, they like, they, they don't tell me because I'm like, he'll go shoot my deer. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I remember, 
um, it was at my buddy's place, and he didn't. I said, "Hey, I heard you got a." He left me hunt there. We grew up together. I said, I "Heard you got a nice one over there." Who told you? I said, ah, "I just heard." You know, I said, "I'm going to kill him." <laughs> he didn't mean a big hunter like us, but I, I ended up shooting him. And then I remember I shot him, and I sent pictures of people, and they're like, "Where's that from?" I said, "You know, PA, right?" No, it ain't. Ain't nothing like that around here. Just, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know? I mean, I but tell you then, what, man, the deer are definitely getting better in Pennsylvania than I ever remember yeah. whenever I was growing up. That's for sure. I mean, people are killing some legitimate hammers, especially there's a fella up in uh, the Allegheny uh, National Forest, I think, that he does a little guide, and if I'm not mistaken, but I mean, he's on giant deer in there like no one's business and uh regularly and he's killing them and then he's taking people and putting them on them to guide them and, and they're killing them so yeah there's, there's definitely big, there's, uh, bigger deer in pa than i ever remember growing up and it's awesome and, and my buddy lives up in the area up northern pa again i was guys from all over here hunting here i said hey at least you got the animals to hunt you know 20 years ago they weren't here Right. Um, now here, and so what? You, you, no matter where you are in the country, if there's big animals, the deer. I mean, the people are going to be there to hunt them. At least you got them um, here to hunt. So yeah. But yeah, Pennsylvania. Like I, I love it here, um, in northern PA where I hunt. But then again, I love it. I just love deer, and then I, I go to Iowa. Man, I love it here. Right. Go, oh yeah, I love it. Like everywhere I go, but I just love deer hunting. But right. There's the there's one... great. There's one question I wanted to I wanted to ask you, and it's kind of related to what you what we were just talking about, or what you were just saying, where it's like you love deer hunting, so it's like you know I love Iowa, I love you know you know anywhere that I can go deer hunt, I kind of love, um, you know, it, and I know you know we're, we're somewhat alike in where we like to travel to hunt, you know, it's like I'll go and you know my meth my kind of saying is I have bow will travel as long as I can get the time away uh, to go hunt, you know, and um, then, then I'll go, you know, if I can get a tag and get the time, it's like, I'm, I'm game for it. Um, yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of folks out there who have never gone out of state and done a DIY hunt because they think it's hard or they don't know anything about the area or, you know, or, or whatever the case is, you know, if you were going to give a, someone advice that had never been out of state to hunt on like a DIY public land hunt, you know, what would you tell them to help them get started to prepare to give them a, an opportunity for success? I'd say go to where there's, you got to get away from the people. Um, usually, a, like you're saying, a bigger piece of land mm-hmm. that don't it's rugged, and that's where my drive comes in. Like I'm still like at 125, like ah, oh, wow. So, I mean, there's years in Ohio, I'd walk up and over top of a mountain, get the tree, and back up and over. I can, I take people there. Why are you going for the gas? I do what. I do whatever it takes to get the deer with it, you know, within the rules within reason. Right. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. It doesn't mean run up the mountain. I'll go. I don't care. But um, a lot of people were hunting, you know, Ohio got a lot of public land, but a lot of it's hunted hard. Mm-hmm. And if you go, you study maps, you're going to go there, and there's other guys probably hunting there, and, you know, deer on them. They could move to the private and this and that. But find a place, and, and there's, I mean, Man, I look on Instagram, all the different states that have big bucks. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still, and like I said, I'm, you know, I hunt Ohio. I, I was trying to go to Illinois. I, I, I may also think I hunt in Illinois. Iowa, I mean, I'm really with the big buck states, but them aren't the only ones because people are starting to gravitate. There, there are other states, but then again, I have, you know, in the last eight years or so, 
I got to know certain areas good to where when it's time to kill, I can go to them states and just, I got them. And, and every, and I don't just have one spot. Like where I went to Iowa this year, there was stands in a lot of places I went, but I don't know if they were gun hunters or whatever, but it's like, uh, so I have other places up my sleeve and I'm always, when I got a, I'll put cameras there and I'm always looking for that new place. Right. But yeah, if you're looking at going out of state, I mean, I hunted whitetails in Montana, uh, out in a rugged country that, I mean, there's big bucks there. And, and it's the same thing. But, there's real so, big bucks there that people don't think about. They don't, they don't want to go up there. And I, I said, I don't care. I just took my Jeep and I drove all the way out there. And the, But um, every state, but you got to, like I said, you got to have cover um, and you got to have a area that the guys aren't really getting to, you know, and then, then you're going to start finding some animals. Right. Um, the smaller, but then again, some of the small places are overlooked, real small, but uh, mainly a, a bigger piece of land that, that has cover something maybe there's a river you got to cross maybe you need a canoe maybe uh you know maybe it's up up and down a couple mountains okay and then so it's stuff like that and then maybe it's an area that don't have a lot of deer but make sure you know like maybe and the best time is to go out maybe in march april the whole time in the spring it's all what you want to do go out and scout them areas maybe even put a camera there till fall see what's there and then you'll be like, when I drove out to Iowa last week, I said, I don't want to go out to Iowa the day after Christmas. That's when I'm going and start hunting. There's no snow, EHD hit. I don't want to spend five, six days learning, putting camp. That's me. I want to know what's there, whether it's 120 or 150. I, want, I don't want 130 step out. Yeah, I'm going to shoot him. Then 150 is right behind him. You know, right. I want to know what's there. And even in the past, I put, I'd run cameras to know what's there, but don't. Um, Maybe go out in the spring, drop, maybe leave camera, scout, shed hunt, and that's the best time to see sign. And you'll be way ahead of the game when you decide to go there in the fall next year, just being out there and putting your boots on the ground and seeing where the deer were the year before. If you're just going to like go, we're going to go here, we're going to pick a spot on a mountain and go out there, chances are you're not going to have that much success because um, there's a lot of variables that you don't. Yeah you don't know about just by reading the map, but I'd say if you could go, you know, after Christmas, you know, January, February, what's there to do? February, March, April. Um, you got a lot of time to maybe, Hey, let's take a ride or, or, or something like that. But yeah, you need to get it. I always, I always go, I always say there's a big buck where nobody's at. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know where the humans are. And, so if someone's hunting where I'm at, I'm going to go, I got another one up my sleeve. I got another area. Right. So yeah. you find a place where nothing's at, chances are it has all the right ingredients. You should be there. Yeah. I mean, one so, of my favorite things to do is to, to travel hunt. Like, I love it. I love just going to different states because I love seeing different terrain. I like seeing the way different deer act in different places. Like, I just, I love all, I love everything about it. Like, I, I think I said it on this podcast, but my bucket list, like one of the things I'd like to do before they put dirt on me, is uh, I'd like to kill a respectable buck on public land in every big buck state, or as many of them that oh, I can. Like that's my that's yeah. my that's my goal is to do is to do that. So this year I checked off Iowa, and I'll go back to Iowa as often as I can. You know, it's one of those places that where every time I can draw a tag, I, I'll go. Um, you know, I've got I did I took one in Ohio. I'll go back to Ohio mm-hmm. this year. Then the year after that, I think I'm planning to go to 
to Kansas, I think is the plan. And then uh, actually yeah. I'm sitting down with my buddy Chad and he and I are going to kind of map out like our next like five years or so of like the places we want to go and places we need to, you know, draw or, you know, gather points for and stuff like that. And just kind of start making a five year plan of like all the states we want to hit and uh, and just start going and hitting them, man. I mean, that's I just, I just love to travel and hunt. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing is uh, I don't live near any of the places I hunt. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. So, I know. It's not here that. The biggest thing, that's what I said with my Iowa trip. People say, you're crazy. You're driving 12 hours. I was going 36 hours and probably well, three days. Or what is that with three days? Is 20, no, 24. 72. 48. 72 hours. And, yeah. I said, I was, you're going out for, for three days. I'm like, yeah. I said, that's all I got. So I'm going to drive 12, you know, sleep, get up, put cameras up and drive. You know, it's like crazy. I said, yeah, but think about, I, I, I want to know. It's the biggest thing. I want to know what's there when I get there or not. Yeah. Uh, if I go out Christmas, like, uh, well, okay. I could sit in a tree and hope the deer I want to shoot comes by, but I don't want to do that. But, uh, yeah, that's that, awesome. Yeah, you want to go to, and and I and it and it's like it's weird. Like I'm stuck. I can't get out of these states yet. I'm trying to. Right. Like, I, you know, I go to Iowa because and then I stay with my friends out there. Yeah. But that's cool. I see them every year. But then, uh, you know, I got a place in Ohio, and I'm still stuck on. Well, you know, I got that one big one I'm after down there. I, I do want to accomplish. I got, you know, another big one there. And, and then I'm always, I'm building a uh, camp up in Northern PA and I, I love it there. It's like, and the rest so short. It's like, man, I can't, you know, but I think I'm stuck on these states, but there are so many. I don't, every, like I go to West Virginia, um, a, a, any uh, Arkansas, they got, I mean, just anywhere. There's big bucks everywhere. So yeah, like, I just, Glenn, you're going to, I just had about opera. another. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. I said, you got about another 20, 30 states to hit. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, it's uh, I, the bummer was I had an opportunity to go to Alabama this past, well, actually right now, as you and I are recording this, because it's you know, just in full transparency, John and I are recording this the the Saturday before uh, Christmas since he's getting ready to travel and wanted to get this in before he was he was out of town. But I had a chance to go to Alabama and hunt with some friends. Uh, yeah. I think the area that they're hunting, like where they're at is like, they're rutting right now in that part of Alabama. It's one of those places in the South that has the, the late rut that comes in late. Um, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I just couldn't get away from work to go do it. And I was kind of bummed. Cause I was like, man, I could have went and checked off another state potentially could have maybe killed a nice buck and like been able to check another state off the list. And, but whatever, man, it's like, you know, my goal is to do, you know, a respectable one in each one. And if I don't get there, then, you know, that's, it is what it is. But the goal really is, is like to go see as many places and hunt deer in as many places and, and to kill bucks in as many places as I possibly can. That's the goal. You know, that's, that's what I want. It's all, it's, uh, and you shoot 130, 120, you know, whatever is your goal or your target deer, then, then you, you're, you'll never stop you you always got a new goal like you're not you know that, that like you'll be hunting forever you know what yep. i'm saying that yep. hey, if i did a ball okay, i'm gonna start again i'm gonna start over right. gonna go through them <laughs> and well, it is neat going back, going back to them stakes years late now that I'm, i've been you know hunting for so many years i've, I've gone into places that i ain't been in five ten years and wow and then you get you reminisce a different place you hunted and how different it looks 
Right. You're really in tune with the woods and, and wow, I remember this, look, this log, this, you know, this log never used to be here. This used to be there. And it's just, it's just kind of past hunts and, and stuff like that. It's just, it's like a never ending. It's, it's, I don't know. But like I said, I think it all derives from being young and not having the deer around here and then seeing one and, and like, and then like nobody around town, any because then one guy got one. And then, Oh, when I was 13, I started bow hunting and then I didn't get my first buck till I was, or my first deer with a bow till I think I was 16. I hunted three years and it was like, man, I'm never going to get one of these. My heart's pumping and I right. see one and it's like, you know, and so like I try to, I keep getting back to that. You know, I want to keep getting back to that feeling, you know, so I make it, I make it a challenge to myself. And to me, private hunting and public hunting, it's pretty different to me. Yeah. You can't manipulate deer. You can't feed them and make them bed where you want. You can't pressure them to, you know. So to me, I want that challenge. I'm putting it back myself back when I was 16 and killed that deer. Right. So I hunt the public, like, you know, set my goals higher. Or like you said, go to a different state to keep it new and um, and yeah. stuff like that. But that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the, the public thing is, uh, you know, just like what you were saying, where it's like you're you're playing the game on their terms is really what it comes down to, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you can yeah. start to, you know, like, you know, look, there's some great habitat strategists and deer minds that are out there, like the guys like Steve Bartilla. Like, you know, there's guys like those guys that, that have forgotten more about deer behavior and, than I'll probably ever know. You know, and they're really good at building smart mouse traps on on land, on you know, piece on parcels of land. And I'm good friends with some of those guys, and they're talented at it. You know, and and for people who have land and want to do that and can do that, like, hey, good on you. You know, what I mean? that's that's awesome. You know, it's uh, but for me, it's like, I'm the same way as you. It's like where I look at it as the challenge of, you know, they're the wilderness. Mother Nature is dictating to me the terms of, by which I'm going to play this game every season, and you can even get to the point of every day that I'm hunting. Like, yep. you know, I I control none of it except what I'm able to do, right? Um, and to me, it's just like I enjoy that more because it's like, you know, control the things you can. It's just like in life, control the things you can, and don't and don't worry about the things that you can't. They're going to take care of themselves one way or the other because you don't have any say in it. And I kind of like that yeah. aspect of deer hunting because, you know, I, you know, our family piece and stuff like that, I did do food plotting and, you know, manage the property and do some hinge cutting and, you know, trying to build better habitat mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I enjoy that kind of work. I like putting my hands in the dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up on a farm and stuff like that. So it's like I, I, I dig doing that kind of stuff. You know, I grew up in farm area and my grandfather owned a farm and stuff. And, uh, but as far as hunting goes, it's just, I find more enjoyment out of not having to do that and then just going out and being like, what cards am I dealt this year? And let me figure it out, you know? So. Yeah. You're, yeah. You, you have to, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, and to me it's different. Like, like you said, like hinge cutting or, or putting food plots in, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so into hunting public land. Um, like I, my little, place at my camp i'm i got up north i had two acres and i i put a little food plot in the back and it's cool watching deer and it's it's different it's a different type of hunting mm-hmm. and it's just it's, it's great hunting's good like i know people say oh you shot it in a high fence hey that's good you're hunting i don't care you know but it's like right. it's just they're a little different this is what i'm choosing to do this is how i want to do it 
Yeah. You know, and there might not be that much glory in it, right. but I get satisfaction. I might not shoot the 160, 170 every year. Right. You know, I probably won't. Right. I mean, the, the one thing, the one thing for me too is, is that, you know, you know, my dad's a, He's not an old man by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you know, in all things considered, he's in his, you know, mid, you know, 60s. Um, you know, and I and I see him and he owns a, a piece back in our hometown. He lives, like I said earlier, he lives in the Carolinas and he owns a piece back where I, where I grew up. And I put a little food plot on it and I, I hunted it once. I hunted it opening day of gun season this year with my bow um, mm-hmm. because my old man was up and we hadn't hunted together in some years. And I put a food plot in there every year so he can kind of come up and hunt it and, and stuff like that. And I kind of look at hunting like this. Like, while I'm young enough and in shape and, you know, I like to get up and work out in the mornings and stuff like that. And whether it's hunting elk, you know, going out west to hunt or whatever, it's like I enjoy hunting public land and I enjoy rugged hunts and tough hunts right now because my body will allow me to do it. Like, it will withstand the punishment and the abuse that, that, I'm, that I'm going to dish out, you know. Um, but I recognize that as I get older, right, that some of those things are going to become less of a, an opportunity and I'm going, my body is going to be less willing to accept the abuse. Right. And so to me, mm-hmm. that's like how I look at like my hunting future is like, while I can, I'm going to do all the hard stuff because whenever my body won't allow me anymore, that is when I would look at like, all right, let's get a back 40 and do some food plotting because I still want to go hunt. I still want to enjoy the outdoors. But I can't. Right. I can't go grind seven miles in the whitetail woods and then hang a set and hunt till dark and then get up and do it all over again the next. You know, it's like body's just not going to allow me to do it. And so at that point, then I want to have a form of hunting to transition into to where I can still enjoy it. It's still somewhat new and keeps me active and keeps me in the woods. So that's kind of how I look yeah. at my my hunting future. Yeah, so, you're right. So, and I think I'm kind of the same way that when I'm older. I like, uh, um, I'm still, I'm going to do it forever, but I'm, I might just take a different approach to it. Yeah. So. Yep. Pull the old Gene and Barry Wenzel no higher than six feet off the ground like a ladder. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they killed, plenty, right. of, they killed right. plenty of big deer basically being, <laughs> sitting in like a recliner a couple feet off the ground. That's what I told my buddy. I said, hey, uh, we were hunting. I went down to South Carolina and was I wanted to get a velvet deer. I went down in August. Well, I was brutal, but I was like, hey, there's a little high field. I said, so you got a ladder? What do you mean? I said, he comes across this power line. I mean, he's sitting on a ladder. They're like, what? Well, yeah, just get above the weeds. Just, you just see so you can shoot the thing. <laughs> I mean, right. I thought it was great. So we ended up hunting there. I mean, you just got to you know, you think outside the box. and You got to be different. Yep. You got to think differently. Yeah. If you're going to do what everybody else does, then you're going to have, because most of the hunters, you know, kill, you know, um, it's like few, or they say like 5% deer kill 90%, you know, right. 5% of hunters kill 90% of deer, but it's kind of like, you got to be different. You got to be other, you know, you got to adopt different, you know, people to think crazy thoughts. And then I don't know, maybe it'll work. And I even tell people that I hunt with, uh, I say, oh, we'll go over here. And I think they, you know, when I, I usually say, I think they come down. I told my one buddy, I said, I think this is where they come. Uh, this might be good. Maybe. He said, I was following you too. You said, maybe. <laughs> said, you know all this about deer. Why do you say maybe? I said, cause this is, maybe you have a better idea. I said, this is, 
it's like the box without the picture on it. I'm kind of filling in the pieces, right. you know, and I like um, when I went hunting with my girlfriend, I said, where do you want to sit? She's like looking at me like, what do you mean? I don't know everything. I right. said, I'm still guessing. Well, maybe you have a strategy right. or a, a thought, how you see it. This is how I see it. And this is what I come to. But people, you know, just because you're, maybe you're new to deer hunting, you might have something you thought of something. I don't know. Wow, that's a pretty good idea. Right. You know, it's, so. it's the whole idea of like, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees, right? It's like you're so in it. And you're so consumed with it that sometimes someone who has less experience comes with a fresh perspective because they're not bound by conventional thinking, you know, and they're like, why don't you yep. just try this? And you're like, that just might be dumb enough to work. You know, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> when I don't listen, I like, I rarely read hunt magazines or yeah. I don't even listen to podcast. Like when I go to a hunt spot, uh, I don't, I'm like, I'm totally focused on what I'm going to do or because. The area I'm hunting, I know more about it than any. Nobody's going to really tell me as far as reading a magazine with the area I'm hunting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like when I was young, I read was it kind of unless they were like actually hunted that area in the same, they got good results. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of I know the most about the area. But but there is like you said with the unconventional thinking when you take someone to an area, what do you think? Maybe we should hunt here. You want to get up? To- yeah, yeah, I see. So, yeah, I want your input too on it. Right. You know, that's what's nice about. And then you get a couple of guys together hunting, and you go here, and I said, "Would you see us in this?" And you kind of like brainstorm and learn more, you know. But it's just, it's just like yeah. I said, we could we could stay up all night and talk. You know I, know, what I, mean? I know, I know, I know. It just keeps the ball just keeps rolling. We start talking this way or that way about and. You can get lost. That's right. That's right. Well, with that, I think that's a good segue uh, because we've been rolling for almost coming up on two hours here. We can probably cut her off here, man. I appreciate you coming on. If you wouldn't mind, um, tell people where they can follow you and and follow your hunting on on Instagram or online. Because is there places where they can kind of keep up with what you got going on? Yeah, I'm on my Instagram page at Johnny Stewart at the Johnny Stewart. I think that's what what it is. yeah, and I, you know, even sometimes I get caught up. I don't even get pictures up in that because I'm so, it's like I'm so super focused on, like, I'll, you know, I'll get a deer, I'll, I'll put post a picture in that. And, and even sometimes, like, when I was in Iowa, Iowa, I wanted to take videos and put it up, but I'm so, so in tune to what I'm doing and so focused on it. And, you know, my time was limited. I don't, it's like, I just, you know, I, I forget that I, there's not enough time because, and, and like with me, it's sometimes I like I, I'll shoot my bow like four times. It, it's a shame to say it, but like my gun, I won't even sight it in until I get to Iowa in a farm. So your gun says I didn't have time because every minute I'm thinking about where where the deer's at, or or like if I have free time through the summer, I'm scouting, I'm scouting. If I get free time, I'm scouting, scouting. Like I'm in the woods all the way up to, it and it's like oh, I should have shot my bow, I should have did this, or like even washed my clothes this year. I'm like ah. I don't even get time to get my clothes clean. I need to be hunting next week, you know, but it's right. like, I get so into it. I get lost in it, you know, and I just, I'm just obsessed with it. It's like, it's a shame. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No. If it's a shame. Well, I, I think, I think there's a lot of us out there just like that, man. So I think, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, well, man, good luck to you in Iowa. Let's, uh, let's make sure we catch up when you get back from your trip. We'll have to do a part number two and see how everything, uh, how everything shook out. And then maybe one of these days you and I'll be able to get together 
in person, maybe do a do a scout or hell, maybe even do a do a hunt at some point. Maybe me and you, me you and Litzinger, and maybe we'll take the mustache man bow with us too. Right. yeah definitely <laughs> yeah i'll definitely be in touch i appreciate it buddy all right buddy thanks for coming on man all right folks that is a wrap for today's show i'd like to thank all of you for listening and if you haven't yet please head over to itunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast we'd be super appreciative if you'd be able to do those two things for us and before i shut this thing down i need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible tethered exodus outdoor gear Skull Brew Coffee Company, Gumleaf USA Boots, and Day 6 Specialized Gear. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace microdosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear. Through the Blackwater Bayous, and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.